Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. got your Bibles, you can turn to Galatians 4. We're going to be springboarding out of that this evening. Um, I'm reading from the ESV version if you uh, wonder about those sorts of things. And I'm going to be starting in verse 12. So Galatians 4, verses 12 through to 19. Brothers and sisters, I entreat you because as I am, I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose. And not only when I am present with you, my little children, for who I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Who has no idea what's going on in that little piece of scripture? Right? First of all, I think Paul's got like a real flair for the dramatic, right? Such like vivid, oh, he's like, man, you guys received me as Christ. You saw me as Jesus. You saw Jesus in me. And, and you, you so bought into the thing that I was telling you. You were so about it that if I had asked, you would have plucked your eyes out and given them to me. That's like quite a graphic image, right? Paul's got a real flair for the dramatic. And then I think he assumes to know what, what childbirth feels like, Right? And says, oh, I am in anguish, the anguish of childbirth, and I will be until Christ is formed in you. In other words, I mean, I'm just going to be wrestling with this thing. I'm going to be totally confused. My, my heart is going to break for you until you discover who you are in Christ, until you are formed in the image of Christ, until you grow into and flourish in the person you were called to be. What's going on here? Well, if you know, uh, if you're familiar at all with the Galatian, uh, the letter to the Galatians, um, this letter was written sometime around, probably about 25 years after Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. So it's about 25 years later, the gospel is sort of spreading um, all through the Middle East, through into Asia. And uh, Galatia is a tiny Roman province in sort of Roman occupied North Turkey. Okay. And so that's roughly where it is geographically. There's this little town and there's this church that Paul had started. And so he had been sick and he, uh, and he, had, he had basically stumbled across this group of people and uh, just while he was sick traveling and he ended up while he was sick preaching the gospel and uh, they were totally captivated by it and they formed this little community and they began to follow Christ and they began to do life together and they began to break bread in each other's homes and they began to celebrate the story of Jesus. 
They were Gentile believers. They didn't have any sort of Jewish background. And so this was an experience of the gospel reaching out into the next part of the world, just outside the Jewish story. These are people beginning to discover this person of Jesus, this God, Jesus, the transformation that can come through the good news. And then what happens is Paul kind of goes on, he keeps doing his thing, and then this new group of, uh, of Christian teachers comes through. And they said, yeah, hey, guess what? That's all well and good. Like that, that stuff you've heard from Paul, that's cool. But I'll tell you what, we'll really like solidify it if we get you sorted out with the old circumcision, right? That'll really like solidify it. So there's this big discussion, right, that's kind of going on. It's like, and all these people are going, oh my goodness, perhaps we really do need to subscribe to this. In fact, some people even do. So they get the circumcision, which I can only imagine is like excruciatingly painful in adulthood, right? I thought that would be funny. <laughs> it wasn't. Maybe some of you are just like grimacing. So what's happening is there are these, these people who have encountered the gospel, have been transformed by this incredible experience, this good news, and they're starting to do life together. And then this alternative version of events, this sort of this alternative hybrid version of Judaism and Christianity, and, and, and this, it's just not quite right, but these people begin to succumb to it. And what's happening here is Paul, um, is, Paul is basically writing to correct them and say, hey guys, I, like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what these guys are saying to you. But it's like, you've, it's like you've, you've lost the point. It's like you're missing out on, on what you first experienced. And it's like I'm, I'm beginning to anguish. I'm beginning to feel pain because it was, uh, I saw you guys get it. I saw the way you received me. I saw the way you responded to it. I saw the way you experienced it. I saw how you began to, to live and participate in the Christian life together. And it grieves me that this story is suddenly transitioning into and becoming about rules and laws and looking like you're doing the right thing just to please God, to somehow earn your salvation. This is Paul's point. You Galatians have forgotten at a heart level, you've forgotten at a heart level the beauty and transformative nature of the gospel. That there is something profound that takes place when you allow the Christ that dwells within to reform and renew you by His Spirit. There's something that you're missing out on. In referencing modern Western Christianity, Dallas Willard says this, we have counted on preaching, teaching, and knowledge or information to form faith in the hearer and have counted our faith to form the inner life and outward behavior of the Christian. But for whatever reason, this strategy has not turned out well. The result is that we have multitudes of professing Christians who well may be ready to die, but obviously are not ready to live and can hardly get along with themselves, much less with others." This is what's happening in the, in the Western church at the moment, is that we, do, we have this sort of fascination with logic, right? We love to sort of figure things out. We love to be able to put things in box. We love putting parameters around things and saying, that's how that works. That's how this operates. This is what this thing's about. We love that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> we also love uh, this whole thing of satisfying ourselves. So we love to ask the question, hey, what, is this, what does this story hold for me? What does it do for me? 
How does it make my life better? How does it improve me? And so this sort of balance between the, the, the satisfying of self and the logic for the self, it's those two things that we often, is the, the something of the trap that the Western church finds itself settling into. And so while it's something different to what the Galatians experienced, which was a movement towards rules and rigidity and, and, and uh, law and trying to do the right thing to earn your salvation, it's like we're trying to experience some sort of conversion through figuring things out and saying, this is what it will look like for me and this is what it will do in your life and this is, this is how God works for you. This is what's sort of happening. And, and both of them have the same sort of problem at the core We risk losing the beauty and the nuance the influence of Christ once had in us due to the emphasis on the wrong things. So just like the Galatian church who suddenly got sort of caught up in in all the other stuff, we too can find ourselves getting caught up in all the stuff. Different kind of stuff for sure. We don't live in, in a first century Roman province called Galatia. We live in a 21st century Auckland, New Zealand. But the challenges are still the same. Don't lose the beauty and the nuance of the gospel, of what Christ does in us. And so this, I think, is why we need to place a value on spiritual formation. We need to place a value on being formed in the image of Christ. So what is formation? What am I talking about when I talk about formation? I think there's a lot of different things. Uh, Some people talk about the spiritual disciplines. Um, uh, Some people talk about just letting the Spirit sort of do something inside of you. I've I've tried to do as much study as possible, and I I think I've reduced it, guys. I think I've cracked it, right? Totally figured out what it is. But to me, to me, formation is a call to beauty, It's a call to relationship, and it's a call to transformation. Dallas Willard goes on to say that spiritual formation for the Christian basically refers to the spirit-driven process of forming the inner world of the human self in such a way that it becomes like the inner being of Christ himself. So let me say that again. Spiritual formation for the Christian basically refers to the spirit-driven process, right, driven by the Spirit living within us, the Spirit-driven process of forming the inner world of the human self in such a way that it becomes like the inner being of Christ Himself. What did, what seemed to, what did we see in the person of Christ? What did we see in Jesus? We saw this incredible beauty that He carried. We saw this emphasis on relationship and we saw this, this call towards transformation. Those are the things that are being formed in us, stirred in us, driven by the Spirit. And so through our spiritual walk, and so this is where, you know, lots of people have different ideas around what, what it looks like. Oh, these are the disciplines you have to do. You have to read your word for today every day. You have to go for a walk on the beach. You have to, you know, you have to say your, say your whatever prayers. It's like whatever they are. You know, I, I can't stand up here and say this, this is how it will always work for you. But whatever your, whatever your journey is, We are invited to discover the beauty of the gospel, right? 
that, that this redemptive story, that, that, that God taking on human flesh, of God pouring himself out, of dying on a cross, of living as a human, of, of, of raising from the dead, of all these sorts of things, all of these elements of, of Christ's life, that somehow this does something to us. And if we could capture something of that, it's like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> it unlocks this incredible appreciation of the beauty of it. It's like it's a beautiful story. It's a profound story. And, and it's this thing that captivates us. You know, sort of uh, through other parts of Scripture, it says, you know, come back to the love you knew at first. You know, this thing that you felt right at the beginning, it's like the first time we hear it or the first time experience or the first time you come up front and, and you get people around you and they surround you in love as they pray for you. It's like, man, that feeling, like, I, I don't know if you guys remember that, but early on, it's like, oh, my goodness, what a, like, this is incredible. This is absolutely beautiful. And then as we kind of go on, it just becomes this distant thing as we begin to wrestle about really pointless theological questions. And church starts to feel like a bore. And you get sick of listening to Calvin. Oh, he's talking again. Great. But we're invited to discover over and over and over again the beauty of the gospel. We're invited to discover a personal intimate relationship with God. Oh man, and this one is like wrecking me at the moment because it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I have a, like a, a, a full answer for what that looks like in my life. You know, such as like the, the nature of work and the rhythm of things that we get kind of caught in. It's like, oh man, so we're actually invited to discover and invest in and cultivate this relationship with God. And actually the spirit, you know, like when we tune into the spirit in the, in the depths of our heart, it's like we can, we can sense that longing. It's like, oh, actually, I haven't tapped into this for a while, but it's like, oh, God, I want to I invest in this thing again. I want to know you. I want to know your closeness. I need to feel your love in this moment. I want to tell you that I love you. You know, all these sorts of things. Like we're invited to cultivate and invest in this. We're invited to discover it. And it's a really easy thing to talk about, but it's a really hard thing to actually live out and, and do in our everyday life. And we're invited to discover a legitimately transformed life where we embody a radical, generous, compassionate, inclusive love in the way we engage with the world. That we're invited to embody a loving justice, a redemptive kind of justice that we're invited to do right and to live out a life of mercy and all these sorts of things. We're invited to discover those things. As we, as we are formed, led by the Spirit, into the image of Christ. This is, what, this, is what, like, this is just what Paul longs for when he's writing to the Galatians. It's like, man, I, I feel this. Like I'm in anguish because of it, because I, I long to see you formed in that way, to, to, to grow into that, to recapture, to know the beauty, to know the depths of the relationship, to experience and live out a legitimately transformed experience as a Christian. So like he, fe he feels it, longs for it for these people that he loves. That's what, that's what formation needs to look like. It's what we're invited, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's what we're called for it to look like. <sighs> And so how do we do that? I mean, I know, like I said before, we all have our own ways of connecting and, like, connecting and growing in God. We've all got these different disciplines. We've all got these little touching points that we have, these things that, that make the kingdom of God feel like a thin place for us. But we need to continue to invest in those. And I, and I think the words that, came, that, that I've sort of been sitting with for the past few days is this idea 
of um, resting and reflecting. Originally, the words that came to my mind were like meditating and mirroring. And then I thought some people might have like a little bit of an issue with the word meditate. Um, and so I was like, well, I've got to have some alliteration. So like rest and reflect. And it felt good to like, you know, me and the spirit. So like we went with it. But this idea of rest and reflect, this is what I think it boils down to is that, is that any sort of formation, any sort of growth we have, any sort of, um, I don't know, movement into the new experience of the Christian life, I think it starts from this, this sense of resting and reflecting. Not just reflecting on the rest but like actually reflecting the experience of what takes place in the rest. And when I'm talking about rest, I'm not just talking about sitting down on the couch at home, watching Netflix. I'm talking about resting in the presence of God. I'm talking about carving out the time to do that, to intentionally shut down the things that are kind of going on around you. And I think something incredible happens out of any kind of rest. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18 says this, When one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed, right? So any sort of movement towards God, any sort of orienting, intentional orienting of self towards God removes the veil. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So there's a sense of like we have this, there's this almost like this two-pronged thing. We turn towards God, the veil comes off, and then we turn towards the world, we turn towards the other, we turn towards experience and circumstance and all these sorts of things, and we carry that glory of God with us. The veil is off, and we reveal the glory of Christ. We grow into that. This is what it means to have Christ formed in us. And so I think this feels like the most, the most simple thing, the, the, the way I can like redact it down to like the most common denominator, is that if we could learn to rest in God, to legitimately seek His face, to move towards Him, to turn to Him, and then reflect that into the world around us. That looked like a yoga move for a second, right? Like reflect that <laughs> or something, you know? It's like... But we experience that with God and we reflect it into the world. That's what it means to be formed in the image of Christ. In fact, this is what the movement of his ministry looks like. This is what I love when I, when I, when I, look, at, when I look at Christ's ministry on earth. It's like he, he spends this time with God, has these incredible moments of encounter, of oneness with God, and then reflects it into the world. And, you know, there are these beautiful stories of people like touching his robe um, or just saying, you know, you, you just say the word. It's like, it's like the glory just like emanates from him. And the thing that's kind of full on for us, it's the hard thing for us to comprehend is that we're actually called to, to carry that. And that actually scripture tells us that that Christ lives within us, that that same spirit dwells within us. And that we too can turn to the Lord and then rest in the Lord and then reflect that to the world around us. This is what formation in Christ does. It moves us towards beauty. It moves us towards relationship. It moves us towards transformation as we rest and reflect in Him. And I've, like, I've got to be honest because this, this message hasn't just sprung out of like, hey guys, I've been like resting and reflecting like no one's business, right? Left, right, and center. This is what I've been about. It's like, this has been a challenge for me. 
as I've, as I've sort of taken stock and gone, oh man, I just feel like I haven't, I haven't had those intentional moments of, of pressing in, of resting in, of choosing to turn myself towards God. I just, I just haven't done that in the way that I long to. And you just kind of get to these, I don't know about you guys, but, but I get to this point where I'm just like, oh yeah, this is, this is what I needed, <laughs> you know? This is what I needed. Um, we had this gathering of pastors. And so if you were here last week, you would have heard Brad Jersak speak. And um, he was doing a training with the Vineyard Pastors the, the week, so two weeks ago. And I was there for it. And he, he led us through this exercise that was basically to meet with Jesus in our hearts. It was just like a, a beautiful little prayer exercise. And, um, and, and what I'd love to do is to kind of show you that exercise so that you have something to move towards this rest and reflect thing. But I'll get to that in a minute. But I want to say this is that, is that he took us through this, he took us through this thing and I found myself just in, in this prayer story, this sort of, I don't know, guided prayer. I found myself sitting on this cliff top with Jesus and not just like some arbitrary cliff top. It's like I could take you to the exact spot. It's on Rossay Bay, like on the cliff between Rossay Bay Beach and Browns Bay Beach. And it's this old, like, um, old World War II, um, I don't know, whatever it was called, you know, the little bunker thing just sitting out there. And I just know which, like, barrier to climb over and just sit on top of this thing. It's one of my favorite spots to be. And I'd often go, used to just go sit there at, like, 9 o'clock at night by myself. And it's like in this prayer exercise, I just found myself sitting on this cliff. And I was so aware that Jesus was just right next to me. And it was like he said to me, it was like, just enjoy the sound of the water and enjoy the feeling of the wind and enjoy just being present to me in this moment. And it was just like, I just had this incredible moment of rest with my God and my King and my friend. Like it was... You know, and so, and all, like I'm just this I'm just this dude who reads logical stuff all the time because I just have to know theology and I have to wrestle with this thing. And then I have this moment that just I don't know maybe sounds a bit cheesy or something, but it's just I just hung out with my with with Jesus and it was just me and him on this cliff. And suddenly the things that had been just just weighing on me, the frustrations that I'd been carrying, the sort of angst I'd been taking every every drive to work, the sort of I don't know the kind of I don't know, slight, I've, just, I've just been a little bit like, like, I don't know, snippy lately or something. Like I've just found myself just getting a little bit chirpy with people, that stuff, and it's like suddenly that was gone. It was like I was suddenly carrying this piece of Christ with me. Oh, it was just wonderful. Like we're called to be formed into the image of Christ. We're called to once again come back to the beauty of the gospel, to once again discover the, the relationship with God, that sen real sense of relationship, not just like Jesus is my friend and he likes me, but it's like this real intimate friendship with God, this relationship. And to, to sort of surrender to this, this transformation process, to, to allow the Spirit to do something in me that would, that would transform my mind and move my heart towards something. It's like if we could remember that in our hearts, which I think this is what this is about, we would do that. And if we could move towards resting and reflecting God, move towards resting in and reflecting Christ, if we could move towards that, it's like suddenly we'll be, we'll be moving, we will be, we'll be forming continuing to form ourselves in the image of Christ. 
And so I think every leader, starting with Paul, has longed for this for his people. And I think I stand here tonight like with my family, with my friends, and I, I long for it for each, each of us. For us to just know that. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer exercise. And it's, it's really simple. And in a way, it's kind of like a gift. Mr. Brad Jersak gave it to me, and I'll just give it to you. And it's the super easy way. And I'm going to ask you to use your imagination, right? Because children use their imagination, and we're allowed to have a childlike faith. And we're going to use this as a way of like connecting with God, letting down some of the barriers, the, the logic stuff, the self-seeking stuff. We're going to let all of that just fall by the wayside. And we're just going to enter into a moment with God. And so I just want to invite you to, to close your eyes. Don't, don't write it off. Just like, just actually like, let's go into that. And I'll just leave some like spaces of silence. And so while you're sitting there with your eyes closed, I want you to imagine, imagine your safest place. What's, what's your safest place? Maybe it's the beach where there's a, a family batch. Maybe it's sitting on top of a building or sitting in a garden somewhere. Maybe you're actually doing some gardening. But I just want you to just imagine yourself in that space. And now I want you to imagine that Jesus is there in that, in that safe place as well. And I just want you to become aware of like, what are the things you notice about Jesus as you imagine him in this place with you. Is he close? Is he next to you? Does he feel far away? Maybe if he's far away, would you, in, your, in this space, would you, would you begin to move towards him? And if you can see his face, what, what does his face look like? Like, what are, what are his facial expressions? What are his eyes doing? What's his mouth doing? What do you notice? What do you, what do you feel when you look at the face of Jesus? And if you're in this safe place with Jesus, if you're in this place, what do you believe he's... What is he saying to you? Do you imagine him standing right before you or right next to you or with you? What does he say to you? What does he say? How does he say it? And what does him saying that to you mean to you? How does it feel for you to receive that? And then just as you're ready, just come back to 252 Forest Hill Road. Man, I believe that. I believe it when it says in Scripture that that Christ dwells within. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.